Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon, and today we are continuing our conversation about why your muscles aren't growing. You're spending time in the gym, you're consistent, but you're still not seeing progress. You're still not seeing the size and shape of your muscles changing. One of those reasons can be because of undertraining, overtraining, or the paradox of undertraining from overtraining. So today we're going to get into each of those. I want to talk about the symptoms of overtraining, undertraining, and undertraining by overtraining. I'll kind of give you some ways that you could potentially categorize yourself in into each one of those buckets. And then once you figure out maybe which bucket you're in, what you can do about each of those things, how you can start to move past those things. So I feel like a little bit of a broken record because I'm always talking about overtraining, but I think undertraining is just as important. And there's this paradox of undertraining because you're overtraining. So again, I want to talk about each of those, but we have the tendency to believe that if something is good, that more is better. And that's just not true for most things, uh, including exercise. And again, I know I'm a broken record, but I sometimes think that things need to be said in different ways in order for you to fully understand it and allow it to sink in. Because the messaging that we're so used to in the fitness industry is more, 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 you know, grind as hard as you can if you want to see the results. I feel like I need to really get this repetition in with you all about, no, more is not better. Better is better. So there's a dose-response relationship with exercise, meaning that a certain dose will yield positive results, but too little won't do anything, and too much will yield negative results and backfire. And exercise is medicine. We hear that all the time, and this is so, so true. However, any medicine can be overdosed or underdosed and see less desirable results. Exercise is no exception. You have to have exercise in the right dose in order to ultimately see the side effects or the benefits that you want to see. So let's talk about the signs and symptoms of overtraining, undertraining, and undertraining from overtraining. I'll split up each scenario so that you can see which category you fall into, if you fall into any of these at all, and you might have figured out what dose you need for your body, which is an incredible thing. Lucky you. And lastly, again, I'll leave you with my suggestions on where to go from here. Let's start with overtraining because I think many of you fall into this category. I've talked a lot about why too much exercise will backslide you, but I'll summarize it again here. If you're at the point where you're consistent with your workouts, you're getting it in every single day, and you're still not seeing the dial move, or maybe even you're noticing you're gaining fat, it could be because you're doing way too much. When your body senses it's in danger because of too much stressful exercise, it goes into fat storage mode. It goes into panic mode. This is a hormonal response to keep energy stores handy. Check out my episode about cortisol if you want to learn more of the nitty gritty behind this. I think I did it two weeks ago. But basically cortisol or the stress hormone is constantly in circulation and it's too high because of daily intense exercise, which can be overly stressful on the body. Because of this, as a response, your body releases more insulin. With chronic overexercise, you start to develop insulin resistance, making you feel hungrier, making you eat more than you need, and thus gaining fat and maybe having changes in your overall body composition. And this doesn't happen to everyone. So if you're exercising an amount where you're feeling really good and you're seeing progress, then please keep going. I want to make sure my podcasts are not to scare you or 
to stop you into doing something that's working really well for you because this doesn't apply to everyone. Some people, again, have figured out a dose that works for them and some people can work out really intensely every day and see great benefits. But again, my guess is that if you're listening to this podcast, you may feel like what you're doing is not working for you. So if that's you, I just want to educate you and empower you that you can take different steps in order to see better results. How much exercise any one individual can tolerate has to do with your genetics, has a lot to do with your genetics, but it has so much to do also with other stressors in your life. So how much overall cortisol you are releasing in your life because of maybe a stressful job or a stressful relationship or, or kids or, you know, trying to juggle having a family and having a job or running a business, or maybe it's even dietary, like eating too many processed foods or drinking too much alcohol. Um, it could be sleep related, you know, not sleeping enough. So all of these stressors in our lives accumulate. And if you're one of those people who you just happen to have a little bit more than somebody else, and you are layering on an intense exercise routine every single day that can set you over the edge. Again, your system might be too stressed and too much intense exercise or cardio can mess with your hormones and begin to put you into storage mode and backslide you rather than actually creating progress for you with the time that you're spending working out. So the typical person that is prone to overexercise and thus these issues tends to be the highly productive type A, I'm going to do everything to a T, I'm going to be super organized, I'm going to work super hard, that type of person. And although these are amazing qualities in so many areas of your life, I'm not knocking the type A people. Seriously, I love you all. But just remember that exercise is like medicine and we want enough of that to see desirable changes, but not so much that we fall backwards. So more is not better. And that might work for a temporary period of time. Doing doing a lot of exercise might work for a temporary period of time and you might get that kind of temporary evidence like, oh, I'm looking good. This is working. But again, for the long term, this just backslides you. So we want some exercise that will give you the desirable results, but doesn't mean more is better. So here are some symptoms that you might be overtraining. And usually what happens is this overtraining phenomenon accumulates over, you know, months, years, decades, right? So chronically overtrained people will start to experience these things. Constantly fatigued and never feeling well rested. In joint pain all the time constant or severe muscle soreness, right? Severe muscle soreness is not a badge of honor. I think we we wear it like a badge of honor, but this is generally not a great thing. Sometimes it happens accidentally, but you don't want constant or severe muscle soreness just all the time. Unstable mood, sleep issues or insomnia. If you're craving sugar or bread, that can actually be a sign from overtraining. Uh, weight gain, especially around your midsection. If you're a woman, sometimes you might lose your period or have menstrual issues. Muscle weakness. You might feel like you can't lift as heavy as you feel like you should for the amount of time you're putting into the gym. Constant all-over tightness and digestive issues. So those are all some symptoms to watch for that means you could be overtraining. Of course, there's so many other things that could be at play here, but... If you're the type of person where you're working out intensely every single day and you're getting maybe three or more of these symptoms, your exercise programming is definitely something to look into. Because if 
you are exercising the right dosage, you will actually see the opposite of all of these things. You'll see an increase in energy. You'll see obviously an increase in strength, an increase in mood. You know, your mood stabilizes, better sleep, more hormonal balance, better menstrual cycle, um, a decrease of pain, a decrease of tightness, stabilized cravings, and little or no muscle soreness. I actually was at a point in my life where I was definitely overtraining. And I talked about this in the cortisol episode, but I'll just summarize it again here. It was a time in my life where there was a lot of stressful things happening. So I was in physical therapy school. You know, I was stressed about finances. I was trying to side hustle and do all of these jobs. I was teaching. I was working out on my own. I was in clinical rotations and trying to study for the boards at the same time. It was just a stressful time in my life. And on top of that, I was exercising intensely like every single day. And I would say that I had almost all of these symptoms. Like I was constantly fatigued and tired. I was moody. I wasn't sleeping well. I was actually getting night terrors where I was waking up like screaming in the middle of the night. It was terrifying. Um, I would get so hangry. Like I would just crave like sugar and peanut butter and smoothies and things that I thought were quote unquote healthy. But looking back, they were things that were like loaded in sugar, right? Probably because of some insulin issues in me. Um, I was I was thin, but I was not strong. Like I felt like I was weak. Um, I did a lot of muscle testing at this time. I had uh, practitioners that worked on me and almost all of my muscles were not firing correctly. So again, I looked thin and maybe to someone else I looked healthy, but I was having all of these symptoms that were screaming that I was just overtraining. I was overtraining on top of an already stressful life, which was giving me all these undesirable results. And, you know, it's so interesting now that I have backed up my training and I only work out using the workouts in the Evlo program, you know, mainly strength training routine and little sprinkles of cardio and walks. I am stronger than ever. I'm able to eat a lot more. All of these symptoms that, yeah, I can say all of these symptoms have gone away from me. And, and I don't think I was overtraining for a long period of time. It was probably like six months or a year that I was probably overtraining. So it can happen quickly, right? It doesn't always have to be chronic like you've been doing this for a decade, although it can be. It can be something like I've just started a new, new program for the last three months and you're already seeing these symptoms. So it can happen quicker than you think. So again, if you're having maybe three or more of these symptoms, and I'll just summarize them, I'll rattle them off again really quick, chronic fatigue, never feeling well rested, in joint pain all the time, constant or severe muscle soreness, unstable mood, sleep issues or insomnia, cravings like bread and sugar, weight gain, especially around your midsection. If you're a woman, sometimes you'll lose your period, muscle weakness, constant all over tightness, digestive issues. So if you're having three or more of these symptoms and you think you might, it might be because of overtraining, let's, let's address that because remember that your body is in this overflowed stress place and this overflowed stress place isn't a place where your body thrives and where you see great results in health because you're just in survival mode. You're just trying to get by. Your stress hormones can inhibit you from entering into what's called a parasympathetic nervous system state. This is the state of your body where your muscles grow and recover. This is the state where you see your results. And if you are so stressed out because of your lifestyle and then layer on overtraining, you're never getting into this parasympathetic state and you'll never see yourself go further in your workouts or see the actual results from your workouts. 
So again, if you aren't able to enter into that state for long enough for your nervous system to actually come in and heal your muscles and lay down more muscle, you can spin in chronic inflammation and not see desirable results. If you have chronic inflammation in your tissues, the wiring to those tissues isn't as sharp and your reps or your workouts actually become less effective. Okay, so let me back up a little bit and explain this a little bit more. Muscular contraction is like an electrical system. So you can think of a fully contracted muscle like a string of Christmas lights. If the electrical signal or the wiring to each individual bulb on that string of lights is weak, some of the bulbs might not shine as bright or some of them might kind of flicker. Some of them might not fire at all. Your muscles are the same way. If they don't have good electrical signals from your nervous system, from your brain and spinal cord, the nerves going out to those muscles, signaling to those muscles to contract, if those connections are off because of chronic inflammation, they don't fire as effectively and you won't see great muscular contractions. Therefore, you won't see great results. So this is where the paradox of undertraining from overtraining comes in. So this is where you have both undertraining and overtraining. You're at the point where you have chronically exercised, overexercised so much that you've now developed chronic inflammation. Your body isn't able to effectively contract the muscles that you're actually trying to contract. So you're spending time in the gym, you're trying to work your muscles, but your results don't seem to match the time and effort you're putting in because you aren't able to get quality muscular contractions. If you're spending more than about, I would say, an hour or longer a day exercising, you're probably overtraining and undertraining at the same time. And I know this sounds counterintuitive, but this might mean, and again, not always, some people can train every day for an hour and feel great. But again, if you're listening to this podcast, you might not be one of those people. But If you're training for a long period of time every single day, it might mean you aren't able to give enough energy to each rep and each exercise that you're actually completing. Essentially, if you're spreading out the work into a longer session, this can often dilute the repetitions that you're actually doing and the effectiveness of any given exercise. So yes, you're getting in a lot in that hour, but it might not be quality. It might be quantity over quality, which is never good in exercise. Because if you're training every day for an hour or longer, not only is that hour maybe not as as effective as it could be if you just shortened it and gave all of your energy into a more shorter session, you also might not be giving your muscles the space to recover from your workout yesterday. And if you don't have the gas in your tank to complete your workout today, you can't show up with enough vigor to complete the exercises with enough effort to actually stimulate change and growth. This means you aren't fully getting the benefit of your workout since you're showing up with kind of half recovered muscles and depleted hormones and low energy. A workout is only as effective as every exercise inside that workout. We want to make every exercise, every rep count, right? No fluff, no just going through the motions because that's not what moves you forward. If you only have so much gas in your tank, you want to empty your tank on fewer but higher quality exercises and sets rather than just more and more and more work that's just done with less quality and less energy, less intention, less effort. Another perk of exercising in that way with fewer, more quality exercises is that you will probably have less wear and tear on your joints and you might preserve your joints for longer. And this happens because of two reasons. Number one, 
When you choose better quality exercises, they will load your muscles more and your joints less. So you're getting more work and recruitment through your muscles and less stress through your joints. And then number two, when you put in more effort for the reps you're doing, you have to do less reps because you fatigue out faster, which is essentially less mileage on your body. So these two things ultimately results in stronger muscles, but happier joints, fit body, happy joint. I mean, literally. So we can see how undertraining can be a cause of overtraining or a symptom of overtraining. And generally what I see happens with this is this is this happens with chronic overexercise. So if you've been overexercising, you know, for a longer period of time, you know, maybe 6 6 months or longer, most of us, especially if you're young and healthy, can endure small bouts of overtraining and as long as they're followed by recovery. But if you are chronically overtrained, it can lead to undertraining right? This paradox that we're talking about. So what are some signs or symptoms that you could look for that might indicate you are undertraining because of overtraining? So number one, not feeling your muscles contract in exercises. If you feel like your muscles like can't turn on or can't activate, and this is often because of the chronic inflammation that blocks effective muscular contraction or effective wiring. Essentially, when you have inflammation in your tissues, That inflammation is trying to protect or guard you because it senses that that muscle is weak. Generally, your muscles become weak from overuse because your nervous system doesn't have time to actually go in there and heal it and make it stronger. So it spins in this chronic inflammation, which will block the wiring to your muscles. This wiring, when you have poor wiring, (laughs) remember that string of Christmas lights, the muscle won't be able to light up as much. So Are there certain muscle groups that you feel like you can never really get that burn? And maybe you used to be able to, and now you can't really feel it anymore. Of course, this is going to be for other reasons than overtraining, like trauma. Maybe you were in a car accident or had a fall, or maybe you have some bone spurs there, or maybe it's dehydration. It's not always from overtraining, but overtraining tends to be a big culprit. Number two, if you're feeling systemically kind of low energy and weak after your workouts, but you're not actually feeling worked or fatigued in your muscles. So it's like you want to take a nap after your workouts, like you're exhausted, but you don't actually feel your muscles feel tired. And this is because, again, you're not getting good stimulus to your muscles, probably because they're overtrained and inflamed. So inroading is temporary weakness that occurs in your muscles after they've had an effective workout or after your muscles have been effectively loaded, they will get temporarily weaker. And this is called inroading. This is a good thing. This means you've stimulated your muscles enough for change to happen. So you want to feel fatigued in your muscles, but not completely exhausted like you just want to take a nap after your workouts. You also want to feel fresh and supple in your joints, not like it would be painful to like walk down the stairs and your knees are aching when you're sitting in the car and things like that. I've been there. I have a helpful little tool for you to evaluate if you fatigued your muscles enough and are experiencing inroading after your workouts. I do what's called the hairdryer test and the stairs test after my upper and lower body workouts. So if it would feel difficult to dry your hair, like with a hairdryer, about 30 minutes or so after finishing your upper body workout, or if it would feel difficult to go up or down the stairs, like your your legs would feel like maybe a little bit wobbly after your lower body workout, you have successfully inroded your muscles and have most likely given them enough stimulus to see change. 
I add my own little Shannon twist to this and I say that you only can pass the hair dryer test and the stairs test if those activities are comfortable and if your joints don't hurt. So your muscles are tired, but your joints aren't achy, if that makes sense. Like the belly of the muscle feels like weaker, like for a moment, for temporarily, maybe like up to an hour, but your knees don't hurt. It's not like deep, achy joint pain. Because if your joints are hurting after your workouts, you may need to reconsider some of the exercises within that workout. I always say your workouts should build you up, not break you down. So muscle stimulus, muscle temporary weakness after your workouts that will eventually end up with strength if you give it enough recovery, but not joint pain or joint achiness. And then lastly, the third thing to look for if you could be Undertraining because of overtraining is if you're working out for a long period of time, like six to seven times per week. Like I mentioned before, often the really long workouts are filled with less intentional and less effortful repetition, which is a form of undertraining, right? Because you're not actually giving your muscles enough stimulus in the rep that you're trying to complete because you're trying to spread your energy thinner throughout a longer session. And again, I'm not saying a longer workout here and there is bad. Sometimes I love an hour or an hour and a half session. Sometimes it just feels so good and like cathartic almost. But if that's your regular routine, you could be overtraining and undertraining. Okay, so just to summarize, if you're potentially undertraining from overtraining, number one, if you're not feeling your muscles activate or contract in your exercises. Number two, if you're feeling systemically low energy and weak after your workouts, but not actually feeling worked or fatigued or kind of pumped in your muscles. And then number three, if you're working out for a long period of time, frequently throughout the week, like six or seven days a week, you're working out for an hour or longer. So of course, we have overtraining, we have undertraining, that's a cause of overtraining. And then we have just plain undertraining. And all three of those are not what we want for optimal workouts and optimal routines. So let's talk about just plain undertraining. Undertraining actually has nothing to do with whether or not you're sore the next day. I think people think that they haven't trained hard enough if they're not completely sore in their muscles the next day. And soreness is shown to actually be a really crappy indicator of your workout's effectiveness. So if you aren't getting super sore from your workouts, this is not a sign of undertraining. You actually shouldn't be super, super sore from your workouts. Sometimes it happens accidentally, but if you're always constantly sore from your workouts, that's probably overtraining, not undertraining. So here are some signs that you could be undertraining, not doing enough. Number one, you're not feeling fatigued at the end of a set. So if you finish any given exercise, let's say you're doing a chest press. If you finish the set and you're not really struggling to get the weight lifted by that last repetition, you're probably underworking. You don't have to get to complete failure every single set, but it should be pretty difficult at the end. A good rule of thumb is to feel like you could only do about three more reps before you wouldn't be able to complete a rep. So if you feel like, "Mm, I probably only have like three reps left in me, and sometimes it's hard to tell. It's not a perfect science, but that's kind of a good rule of thumb. You should feel like it's a struggle at the end of that set. I'll give some suggestions on how to fatigue your muscles more effectively at the end of this podcast when I get to my kind of suggestions. Number two, just counting reps, distracted, and not fully feeling that muscle lengthen and contract during your workout. So basically, if you're not present during your workouts, if you're just going through the motions. Again, this is a sign that you aren't getting quality contraction and good muscular stimulus. 
I think this one's pretty obvious, right? We want to be really present. We want to be really aware because the more your brain is connected to your muscles, the more fibers it recruits, the better stimulus you get. I'm going to talk about that in more detail here at the end. Number three, if you're only doing endurance activities and you're not strength training. This is an obvious one, but you need to load your muscles intentionally and often in order for your muscles to grow. And oftentimes, endurance activities like running, swimming, walking, biking don't load your muscle groups enough. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with those activities, but if you're only doing those activities, you might start to see your muscles slowly get weaker and weaker and weaker over time. And lastly, spreading out your workouts too much. Ideally, you should work every muscle group in your body one to two times per week. So if you are sporadic with your programming, this will result in undertraining muscles and you won't see a ton of progress. Muscles need consistency, right? One to two times a week tends to be a pretty good sweet spot for most people. And this doesn't mean that you need to work out every single day. In my program, I recommend four to five days per week of workouts and then, you know, maybe walks in between. And in these four to five days of your workouts, we are loading muscles in the most effective ways and we're hitting them all during any given week. And some of the muscles will hit two times and some of the muscles will just hit one. But I always try to program so that each week kind of builds off the last so that you end up with really balanced and good stimulus to each muscle group. If you're an Evlo member and you only have three days to work out, I get that a lot. I get people that are like, I only have time to do three days of workouts. That is totally better than nothing. And you can still see results. I would either do full body classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So just choose full body class in the full body build and burn category. Just choose three of those classes and do them on non-consecutive days. Or you could do a legs class, an upper body class, and a full body class and hit those three times per week. So legs on Monday, upper body on Wednesday, and full body on Friday or something like that. That way you know you're hitting most muscle groups for that one to two times per week and not spreading out your workouts too much. So again, just to summarize, some symptoms that you could be under training, not feeling fatigued by the end of the set, just counting reps and not being intentional only doing endurance activities and not strength training, or spreading out your workouts too much. So now that we've talked about signs and symptoms of overtraining, undertraining by overtraining, and just plain undertraining, let's talk about what to do in each circumstance or what to do if you fall in any of these categories. We'll start with what to do if you're overtraining first. My first suggestion, and often what can help immensely is to take an entire week off and just walk or just do mobility. And depending on how chronically you've been over-exercising, this can sometimes be enough for your body to catch up on recovery. And I actually just took my first full week off in over a year because not on purpose, we were moving across the country and I just took the week off of exercising because it was too crazy. And when I came back to my workouts last week, the weights that I usually used actually seemed so light. It was crazy. It was like they were feathers. And this week I was able to go up in my weights and it felt so good. I felt so connected. I felt so much more strong. And I, I think that just taking that extra week off really allowed my body to fully catch up on recovery. 
I mean, I recommend like if you can every six months or so, maybe take or maybe even less than that, maybe just take a full week or even four days off where you just walk and just don't do any strength training. And I guarantee you, if you've been consistent with your workouts, you come back and you see yourself get stronger. And I know so many people are afraid of gaining weight if they take a week off, but I think that's just part of the issue. We are so afraid of gaining weight that we force our bodies basically into survival mode, which eventually backfires and then we do gain weight. And often what will happen is that you won't gain weight and sometimes people will lose weight because your hormones can finally stabilize, your body can finally catch up with you, which improves your cortisol levels, your insulin sensitivity, and sometimes people will actually see themselves losing fat during this time, which is really cool. So if that's too big of a jump for you, you can just try taking down the frequency and or intensity of your workouts. Again, I really recommend five workout days per week and not every single one of those workouts is like high, high intensity. Only a couple of them are high intensity. If you're wondering more about that and kind of cardio, I did two cardio podcasts that you can go back to and listen to, I think, a few weeks ago. So I recommend listening to those for my suggestions on that. If you're an Evlo member, maybe you just take out the cardio classes and just do the strength classes. If you're not an Evlo member, maybe try doing some Pilates or yoga for a few weeks and just do those classes four to five times a week and see how you do see what happens. And again, I guarantee that by giving your body a second to catch up, hopefully you'll get some better sleep and your body will finally be able to fully recover. You get yourself out of that cortisol stress spiral and you'll be able to do more when you finally do return to your routine. So highly, highly suggest if you're not taking a recovery day, you definitely need one, maybe even two or three recovery days for a while. You know, maybe try taking a week off or try dialing down the intensity for a little while. Next, let's talk about what to do if you're undertraining, and then I'll explain what to do if you are undertraining from overtraining. Quality recruitment of your muscles is ultimately what will help your muscles grow. And it's all about intensity. How intensely can you load and recruit your muscle fibers? And I say intensity with caution because I think people equate intenseness as being like plyometrics and sprints and like box jumps and things like that. And although those exercises can certainly be intense, jumping or impact is not required for exercise intensity. By exercise intensity, I mean more like intentional high effort. Like it should be a struggle. You should be working really hard. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to work a bunch of muscle groups at once. It doesn't necessarily mean that your heart rate has to be through the roof. What it does mean is that your muscles are really targeted. You're working really hard. And your muscles have to put in a high effort to complete that exercise. So you can certainly do slow, intentional, targeted lifts, specifically targeting muscles, and get pretty close to fatigue and never jump or leave the ground and see great results. And because you're adding high effort, you will see your muscles change and grow. My preference is to use high effort, biomechanically safe lifts and exercises rather than plyometrics, so we can keep your joints as preserved as possible. And I do sprinkle in some jumping and plyometrics. I don't think there's anything wrong. I just think they get overdosed. But we definitely prioritize the lower impact but high effort exercises. And in fact, the plyometrics and jumping are completely optional. You, you, I really truly believe that you don't have to do it to see results. You could never do a jump squat again and be totally strong and have everything you need. 
Okay, so we know high effort and high intensity is important for good muscular stimulus. And if you're not getting this high intensity recruitment to your muscles, you might be under training and therefore probably not seeing the results that you want. But not only is that important, but exercise selection is key. And I'm kind of piggybacking on the episode that I did last week. Last week's episode was super technical, <laughs> um, but I get a lot of requests for that for that kind of thing. So if you're interested in that and if you're a nerd, you can go back and listen to more of the details on that. But essentially, we want to load our muscles in the most optimal ways. Not every exercise is created equal. Not every exercise for a specific muscle group will target that muscle group the same. So if you're mostly choosing what is called late phase loaded exercises, which basically means the load is the most when the muscle is the shortest, it's less effective, like lateral raises for the shoulders, bridges and hip thrusts for the glutes, tricep kickbacks, bent over rows, exercises like that. If if your workouts mainly consist of those type of movements, you probably aren't going to see the best results for the time that you're spending in your workouts. So instead of just, okay, I'm going to add more and more weight to these less optimal exercises, just choose more optimal exercises that will load your muscles better, get really good at those, and then see if you want to add more weight after that. So examples would be to trade out for those exercises that I talked about before. Instead of a lateral raise for the shoulders, you do a lateral raise laying on your side. And instead of bridges and hip thrusts, you do lunges and step-ups for your glutes. Maybe instead of tricep kickbacks, you do more skull crushers for your triceps. And then maybe instead of bent over rows, you decide to do sideline flies for your middle back. Again, get really strong with those types of movements and then decide if you want to add more weight. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do the late phase loaded exercises like I talked about before, but they're just not as optimal for muscle growth. So in case I lost you with that little bit of technical talk, again, if you're under training, you want to think about intensity or effort of your muscular contractions is important. Exercise selection is important. And then there's also a few things to do outside of that. So you can increase the number of sets that you're doing. So let's say you don't necessarily want to go up and wait right now because you don't want to buy more dumbbells or whatever it is and you just want to use the weight you have and optimize that, you can actually increase the number of sets. So what I tell my classes sometimes, if they're in that transition phase where they're getting stronger and the weights they're using are getting too light, but they're not ready to go up and wait or they don't want to buy new weights or whatever, they can just rewind the last set of exercises that we did and just do another set of those exercises. So that's an option. You can also focus on what's called the eccentric part of the movement. So the lowering phase of the movement. An example of this would be the lowering phase of a bicep curl. So you bend your elbow regularly and then you go really, really slow on the way down. And we'll do this in my classes a lot. And then third, and maybe the most powerful suggestion that I have is to use mental imagery. And This one is interesting because it has a lot to do with the amount of fibers in each muscle you're recruiting for each exercise. So the more muscle fibers in a specific muscle you can recruit, the better stimulus to that muscle, the more perceived effort you have, the more stimulus you'll get. So even if you aren't lifting as heavy as you could, you can still recruit more muscular fibers in any given muscle that you're targeting and see better results. It's pretty nuts. And I always tell my classes to flex their muscles like they're lifting a thousand pounds. When your brain perceives this heavy load, 
it will recruit more fibers from the muscle you're targeting. Again, picture that string of Christmas lights. When that wiring is really strong and every little fiber going to every little bulb in that light is really well connected, that light will string brighter. The same exact thing happens with your muscles. When you perceive, I'm lifting a thousand pounds, I'm gonna flex and squeeze as hard as I can throughout this entire range of motion, you'll get better stimulus. When you recruit a higher percentage of those muscle fibers inside that individual muscle, you're more likely to create change in the size and shape of that muscle. So those are some things to try if you're under training. Again, I'm gonna summarize real quick. So really thinking about improving the intensity or effort that you're doing in your workout. So squeezing as hard as you can. Use that mental imagery by thinking about all those little fibers in the muscle, bringing the origin towards the insertion. Um, You can increase the number of sets that you're doing. You can focus on the lowering phase. All of those things are great to do if you're under training. And then lastly, let's talk quickly about if you're under training by overtraining. Basically, you need to do a combination of both of the undertraining and of the overtraining suggestions that I mentioned. So I would start, if I if this were up to me, and you're like, I am a chronic overexerciser. I have all of those symptoms that she rattled off. I'm not seeing results. This is what I would do. I would just make yourself do this. Take a full week off and and just walk or do mobility. I mean, honestly, I know you're scared that you're probably going to gain weight, but just trust me. It's just one week. Take the week off. And then when you come back, do what I talked about with the undertraining. So when you come back to your strength training workouts, which hopefully most of your workouts are strength training workouts, you are doing all of those things that I talked about with undertraining. You're squeezing as hard as you can. Maybe... Um, you're picturing the muscle contract and relax. Maybe you're focusing on that eccentric state. I guarantee you when you come back to your workouts, not only will your body feel better, but you might even feel a little bit stronger. And sometimes for some of you that have been chronically overdoing it for years or decades, it might take a lot more than this. So please don't get frustrated thinking that this is a solution. It it is so complicated for each individual, but hopefully what you're getting out of this episode is that it's a little bit of a journey. You kind of have to do some trial and error and figure out like, okay, what do I need to dial back? How can I dip and dive and dose my workouts appropriately so that I'm seeing all of these positive side effects of exercise? You know, you should be see increased energy. You should sleep better. You should see your muscles start to grow. Um, you should see stabilizing mood, stabilizing cravings, all of those things that my Evo members say that they see all the time. And Ultimately, that will result in in better outcomes. It takes time. A lot of times, muscular adaptation can take anywhere from 8 to 24 weeks. And if you're coming from a program where you are chronically overtrained, it might take even longer than that. So this is not a quick fix. (laughs) I'm not into a get fit quick type of program. I'm not that type of gal because I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it works. So have some patience. Hopefully this podcast gave you some ideas. We'll be back next week with a part three of this episode. Super excited for So make sure you listen in for that. And if you want to join my program where we apply all of these principles and I encourage you to really work out in ways that are moving the needle for your body and you have a community of like-minded members who are trying to change their mindset and change their bodies, it's time to join Evlo evlofitness.com evlofitness.com there's a seven-day free trial you can get in there and check it out and see if you like it um but i always tell people give it at least a month and i guarantee you by the end of the month you will feel completely different in your body so it's pretty cool so thank you for listening and we will see you all next week bye